Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Histopoly. Today, we're going to have a little quick one to top off this three series that I'm releasing all right here at once for the introduction of this podcast. And today's going to be a quicker lesson, uh, really focusing on one specific person and kind of branching off uh, on some ideas about the topics that he weaves his way through. And that person is Captain Cook the British explorer in the late 1700s who mapped out most of the Pacific, including Australia, Hawaii, New Zealand, kind of opened them up for British and American conquest uh, later. So he is an extremely interesting uh, figure in world history, uh, mostly because there's so much writing about him, uh, but there's still so much that we don't know, uh, especially about his uh, later demise in Hawaii. So just to give a quick run through his life prior to the conflict in Hawaii, uh, Captain Cook was a sailor and eventually a British admiral in the British Army uh, post-serving in the Seven Years' War. And after he served in the Seven Years' War, uh, the French and Indian War, as we call it America, uh, he began his exploration campaign uh, through three long voyages uh, each of them that really detailed mapping of the speci- of the Pacific Islands. Uh, the main thing that he does is prepare Australia for uh, its co- further colonization and it becoming one of the most successful colonies that Britain really produces. Uh, and this really is due to his introduction of sheep, which leads to the large wool production there and his kind of advertisement as this place of Uh, Pacific Wonder, and there's so much to do here, there's so much land here, the map is so large of it, and of course, uh, the idea is that uh, we will establish this as a penal colony, which leads to Australia being one of the coolest countries in the world, Uh, and then of course he also maps New Zealand for British colonization, and then, unfortunately, his next stop for his third and final uh, voyage is Hawaii. He decides to uh, map out Hawaii because he's just going through all the different islands there. If anyone, if anyone knows anything about the geography of the Pacific, it is riddled with islands, small islands, large islands, so many small clusters of islands in the Pacific, and Hawaii was just another one of those to him at the time. So he stopped there, and this is really when a large amount of the confusion starts. So there are a lot of different perspectives on exactly what happened with Captain Cook, but uh, I'm going to run you through the the main idea and, in my opinion, the most accurate theory of what went down. And I'll, I'll give you a little insight on some other ones as well and why, in my opinion, they're a little offshooting and perhaps European revisionist, uh, unfortunately. So Captain Cook arrives originally, his first time appearing, and obviously there's no exact translator for these Hawaiian people because this is really the first time they're interacting with the Hawaiian people. So Captain Cook arrives, and in his opinion, is mistaken as a god, because that's kind of a big theme that we see with Europeans uh, when they meet with natives, is that either they actually are perceived as gods, or in the more realistic sense, they believe that they're being seen as gods because of the way that these natives are treating them as, as very respected figures, but in actuality, perhaps that's just how they were accepting to visitors which in my opinion is how 
the Hawaiians were actually doing because when Captain Cook arrived, it was in the middle of uh, a, a festival that the Hawaiians have that kind of celebrates fertility and life and food. So they already were kind of in the middle of a party kind of celebration. And that's when Captain Cook rolls up and he kind of assumes it's for him because uh, that's just how people are sometimes. A little self-centered, especially large explorers who at this point are starting to become extremely famous and well-known across the British Empire, which is like a large percentage of the world in the 1770s. So Captain Cook rolls up, assumes he's being treated as a god, assumes he's being respected as a god, and kind of uses up a lot of uh, the Hawaiian food, women, land. Uh, In fact, they actually tear down a Hawaiian temple or uh, religious building uh, and kind of use that as firewood and kind of fix up their ship with that wood just because they assume they can because I'm Captain Cook, I'm the British Empire, we own you before we even own you, you know, we own this land just because with the British Empire we've done this all over, at this point this is not radical of an idea if you read British history that they just assume they can take whatever they want from native peoples who they know they can most likely win in against a battle, Uh, win win a battle against, let's say it happens. Um, So obviously the Hawaiian people are starting to get a little fed up with the British uh, squadron that has rolled up. And they, they're kind of like waiting it out, hoping that it ends, because this is their celebration time. They're not really bothered by it. Uh, but they're, but they're up, them being upset is a little bit clear, at least to a certain extent, to the British people, because they do offer a peace deal uh, because they tore down their temple. And they offer them two axes or hatchets, uh, or, or just like two tools, basically, to the to the Hawaiians in exchange for ripping down their temple and using it as firewood and fixing their ship. They offer them two hatchets, which is a which is a bold move. That is a bold move to do to someone. Uh, but that just shows the extent that they just. It, it, it's like when the British people offered, you know, to buy Manhattan for like five bucks. It's the same concept, it's the same idea. It's just we think we are more than you, so we kind of give you this pity offer of, here, make you feel better. Here's two hatchets in exchange for ripping down your temple. Um, so the Hawaiians aren't like fully on board with that, but they kind of know it's in their culture right now at this part of the year to just be very hospitable. So they kind of know that they're going to leave soon, so they kind of say, whatever, let the bygones be bygones, but get out please. So Captain Cook sails off in the middle of a huge storm. His ship gets beat up, like really messed up. So he goes, oh, easy idea, easy fix. Just loop back to Hawaii, rip down something else and fix our ship. What are they going to do about it? So Captain Cook kind of rolls back up. He says, I'm back. Your God's back. He needs more food. He needs more women. He needs more wood. Let's get this done. And the Hawaiian people, now it's a different part of the year. They're not in that celebration mode. They're kind of like, no, like, that's not going to be happening. Like, you cannot do this. You left our islands in ruin and dismay. We're not going through this again. You can get the hell out. And um, Captain Cook, obviously, not a huge fan of that. So, basically, they attempt to... 
it, it's not really clear if they do successfully or just attempt to uh, kidnap the king of or the chief of the Hawaiian Islands at the time. And there are also some records to say that perhaps that wasn't the first move, that perhaps the, the Hawaiians were the first ones to make a move when they stole some of their stuff, or maybe that came afterwards. The, the, the records aren't totally clear what to the events happen, but it's just known for sure that there was at least an attempt to kidnap the chief of the Hawaiians at the time. And obviously, uh, unsurprisingly, the Hawaiians super didn't like that. They super did not respect, you, you know, kidnapping their leader. So this leads to a large skirmish between the British and the Hawaiians, which ultimately results in a confirmed death of Captain Cook. Uh, no one else, unfortunately, to them really mattered to write down who else was injured or murdered or whatever went down uh, besides Captain Cook. So that's the only confirmed death. Uh, it most likely, with the evidence and some of the writings we have, it was a, a large skirmish where several Hawaiians and several British were, were murdered. Who knows if Captain Cook was the first one to go, the last one to go, middle one. Who knows exactly what went down. But when it's all said and done, Captain Cook is murdered by the Hawaiian people. And the British fix their ship up through whatever means. It rush it out there. They get out. They leave. They go back to Britain. And from this point on, Hawaiian-British relations are a little bit better because the British people got a little bit of respect because, oof, that hurt. Yeah, usually the British would just stomp down and destroy the Hawaiians. But in this case, they leave that to the Americans in a, in a few decades. So they just kind of let it go. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, clearly that relationship was patched up over time because Hawaii is the only state who has the Union Jack on their state flag. So that is at least one thing. There's not so much contempt for the British anymore. But at the time, there was for sure against Captain Cook. Now, originally, how this was taught to a lot of people is Captain Cook rolled up, was seen as a god, came back, and since they believed him to be the god, uh, that during this part of the year, in Hawaiian tradition, we murder our god. Um, which, there is no proof that this is an actual religious native practice to the to the Hawaiian people, but that's just what was written down by an anthropologist, and they said the reason Captain Cook was murdered is because that is just tradition. They always have this idea that there's two gods for t each half of the year. One is war god, one is fertility god. They saw him as the fertility god and murdered him when it was the war god's time to shine. Uh, but the, the problem with that idea... Well, there's many problems, but the but one of the problems with that idea is that there, like I said, there's no proof that this was an actual tradition they had. There's some semblance that the chief every year would be ritually killed. There's there's a little bit of evidence for that. Uh, that's believed to be perhaps a tradition that that was part of the Hawaiian culture at the time that they would they would ritually kill the the chief. But there's no evidence that they would just murder people who perhaps weren't on board with this tradition. That's never been done before. But to be fair, there's never been a European visitor before. So who knows? But another argument against that point 
would be, if anything, Captain Cook would be more likely to be confused with the war god than the fertility god. And the point of that is, is because the British people were very militaristic at this time. I mean, he rolled up in a boat filled with cannons. All of his people were armed with guns. He was violent. He was hostile to the people around there. They tore down their stuff. He wasn't exactly uh, filled with fertility and warmth. He was a little bit more colder and more violent like they believed their war god to be. And also, uh, Captain Cook's name, I don't know the exact name of the war god for the Hawaiian culture, but I do know that Cook is much closer to the war god's name than the fertility god's name. That's why other people believe that, if anything, he would have been confused for the war god, who they do not kill, because super hard to kill a war god, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, that is, that's, that's the other popular theory that was really prevalent in European culture and world culture for a long period of time. But now that there's a little bit more reflection done on these incidences with natives and Europeans, it, it's becoming a little bit more clear that perhaps Captain Cook wasn't so seen as a god and more so seen as just a normal dude who's not really respecting the land, the culture, the people of Hawaii. And he kind of paid for the price for it. And I think it was a lesson that the European people took a little bit, uh, at least for the Pacific people. Of course, this is before they, the Europeans turn to Africa and don't exactly take the respectful approach there, uh, especially the Dutch, uh, especially the French, especially the British again, the Germans. They're all extremely hostile. Uh, but it's just interesting because this is kind of like an in-between time between the American colonization the African colonization. This is right before the revolution really begins. Right, it's right during the revolution. Right before all these, the American colony is about to throw up in arms. Right before they later turn their sights to Africa. This Pacific exploration is something that history books kind of skip over. Because nothing's too exciting happens in it. But I think it's actually more important that there were events like this happening in the Pacific. That there was a little bit more... Uh, of of more incidences happening in Hawaii, in, in Hawaii, in Australia, in New Zealand, because the Aboriginal people in Australia have been given horrible treatment, absolutely horrible treatment by the by the British colonizers, but that just kind of swept under the rug because Africa was a bit more of a bigger unit, America was a bigger unit, Australia just kind of gets swept under the rug, Hawaii gets swept under the rug, New Zealand, super swept over the rug. Um, and which is really interesting because their effect on history is is pretty large as well. I mean, Captain Cook's defeat or murder in Hawaii is a big stance. They do pull back. You know, uh, Hawaii was was not really a part of the British Empire. It was not super taken over. It, it's an American state now. Uh, so we left. They left it to America to come down and take them over through corporations and slow military rebellions that's that's how they eventually fall it, it, it doesn't really lead, it, captain cook's demise does not lead to the fall of hawaii and that's an interesting point because it's a popular view at the time that anytime a native would kind of rise up against a european they'd just be destroyed but here we see we don't we don't see that effect we see the europeans fleeing and they don't really rush to come back uh, they kind of just focus on they say hey you know australia's a big island that's enough here in the pacific <laughs> i think we're good which is which is interesting to me that that, that that's so skipped over, especially I mean, in schooling here in America, I don't think 
the colonization of Australia or the Pacific is really touched on for more than maybe a page in a history book. Maybe. Uh, it's barely even spoken about how we gain Australia, how we gain Hawaii as a state. It's just kind of like, yeah, then we got them. Yeah, something with the, something with the fruit company. Uh, we got them. When it's a lot, it's a lot deeper than that. The history of the Pacific. Uh, but, but I'm glad I did this little profile on Captain Cook. Hopefully you have a little bit more of an understanding of who he was, why he's impactful to European culture, Pacific culture, uh, and world history as a whole. What he means, what he stands for, uh, kind of this in-between period of tough colonization in America and absolute wretched colonization in Africa. But then there's like this weird kind of exploration phase in, in the Pacific that I think should be touched on more. Anyway, if you enjoyed uh, what I've been throwing down here, give us give us the old uh, tweet, give us a follow, give us a download on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Reach out to us at Histopoly on Twitter and hopefully we can get in some contact, talk about this more, talk about something else you want to do. Maybe we'll even show up here on a podcast. Uh, so I've been Will, this has been Histopoly, and... Uh, I think we're checking out.